We're going to remember. We're going to remember the works of the Lord. We're going to remember the things that He's done. So I want you to be prepared to think about your own lives. But I, I, want, to, I want to start with, first of all, I want, to, I want to cancel something here. You see, this is a no-COVID zone. This is a no-COVID zone. Because we got believers in here tonight. And because you're a believer, you know that Jesus took it all on the cross for you. And so, no COVID. COVID can't enter this place if we believe and trust in the Lord God. And that's actually part of my message tonight. But I also want you to think about, about this time of year. If you were back in the time of Jesus right now, what would be happening right, right about this time? Well, there'd be a day where the disciples were doing, where'd he go? And somebody would say, he, he's gone. He's sitting at the right hand of God right now. Waiting for the day, the time, and the hour that God says go. To come back. Between then and now and and the days to come, before that day happens, we have an opportunity to give our lives over to God. As we go through these things in our life, though, there is many obstacles that come in our way. There are many places in our hearts that, that we can open ourselves up to attack. Maybe we're not, we're not preparing ourselves properly. We're not doing the things properly to get there. And so Satan finds his way in. We find ourselves running back to dark places. Well, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remind you with the Word of who you are and where you are. And if you're not there yet, you're going to have the opportunity to accept that into your life. We're going to start with our opening scriptures, Isaiah 50, 4 and 5. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Just thinking about that in itself. Gave me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. We should be ready always, always to bring the word, to bring hope, to bring faith to those around us. Today, I really want to help establish your feet on solid ground. Now, there's been something, a little bit of stuff in the news lately. Just, just a little bit, 24-7. Something going on out there. We've gone through some really extremely trying times. There seems to be right now an abundance of fear, anger, frustration, and it not only affected a corner of the world, but it overtook the whole world. I'm going to start with the, the, the written word. I want, to, I want to just share this with you, and I forgot to mention to my wife I was going to do this. I apologize, honey, a long time ago. I wrote this at a very trying time in Dawn's life and my life. I lost a good friend, and she lost a husband. That was the very next day that that happened. And, and I kind of rewrote it for tonight, and it's the familiar road that I have often traveled took such an unexpected turn. The mountain that stands before me seems so hard to climb. But the rock, the cornerstone in which I plant my feet, is the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Word says to stand. So I'm still standing. I'm still here. Steadfast in the faith. So I am still standing and I'm still here. And Jesus Christ is still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I'm still standing. He never promised that the road would be that easy. He never said the mountain wouldn't be hard to climb. Yet the rock of my salvation is Jesus Christ. And I'm going to stand. So I'm still standing. We serve such an awesome God. We serve such a wonderful, wonderful God. And and Miss Joy was was talking about how... and, and. I like to think of those scriptures out of David that says you encourage yourself. 
You have to sometimes encourage yourself to get out of a dark place, get out of a, get out of a place, and, and you find yourself in a cycle. Now, I was talking to Mike this morning, and, and we were talking about that sometimes when you prepare a message, you're preparing a message to minister to yourself, and you know you're going to bring it forth because it's going to touch the hearts of other people in the room. And it's going to bring people out of their dark places. The events in our lives can feel like a mighty wave coming at us at any given time. And it keeps crashing wave after wave after wave. I know for myself, I've spent the last two months running a marathon without a break. Continuous, 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 task after task after task after task, feeding many masters. And it put me in a place where I was extremely tired extremely worn down, hindrances of everyday life. It it was like one wave after another, after another, after another. And so when I came to prayer in the morning, I'd sometimes isolate myself because I had to go out there and I had to encourage myself. I I had to help pull myself out so that I could see the glory of the Lord before me again. We serve such an awesome God comes at us so fast that it feels like we get cornered by life. What we do in these times is instrumental during these wave after wave after debt wave. It is instrumental as our Christian position, our position in Jesus Christ to help counteract the wave. We're going to talk about that. I want you to consider the first scripture I've got. And, and a lot of uh, this whole message hems on Psalm 77. I encourage anybody to read the whole passage of Psalm 77. I found it a long time ago, and it just turns out to be one of my favorites. So Psalm 77, 1, he says, I cried out to God with my voice, to God with my voice, and he gave ear to me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing. My soul refused to be comforted. I've been in that place a long time. I just, I couldn't find a way to sleep. I couldn't find a way to quiet down my busy mind. And and it's like, that cough is just running and running and running. I I know Miss Joy was teaching on that just not too long ago. And and, and I, I related to everything you were ministering that day. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. God, why am I going through this? Why am I, why can't I break free? Why can't I get through this? Four, it says, you hold my eyelids open. And I am so troubled, I cannot speak. I remember in college, I could barely get three hours of sleep. And I learned, I programmed my body to live on three to four hours of sleep a night. And that didn't stop until I married a very wonderful and beautiful woman back there who taught me that I needed to rest once in a while. <laughs> and and I've, I've gotten up to six hours a night, mostly. <laughs> I've, I've doubled. I've doubled. But you know, I learned something really cool. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Don't tell this to anybody unless they're having trouble sleeping. You can pray to God to multiply your sleep. <laughs> and he will. But I don't, I, uh, don't recommend making it a regular practice. By the way, if you see something a little different about me tonight, yes, I did get a haircut. So just want you to know. <laughs> We're not talking about this because this was a healing. This was, it didn't break. Uh, probably should have by the, by the direction and twist it took. In the, uh, uh, it was a piece of... Uh, table met up with a medical piece of equipment, but um, it's just a little sore, so this is keeping me from hurting it anymore. (laughs) Considering, so I, uh, I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times, that's five, six, I call to remember, to remembrance, my song in the night. I meditate with my heart and my spirit makes diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Has his mercy ceased forever? Has his promise failed forevermore? 
Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in his anger shut up his tender mercies? Have we ever found ourselves in that place? Where are you, God? Are you there? We see a nation, we see a world today gripped by fear. Every aspect of their life is affected. We can go to a store right now and, and do a study in human nature. You have those who come in with the wipes and they wipe everything down. They've got the gloves on. I, I was going to have a mask, a, a helmet, a, all this stuff on. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. They wipe everything down. And then after they've touched everything with their gloves on, they reach in, pull out their wallet. And, and then they drive the car with the gloves on. And sometimes it just doesn't make any sense. But... That's fear. That's one of the many things that can get a hold of our hearts and keep us from hearing, listening, worshiping, praising, and giving God all the glory. Once anything of like this can take hold, it stops the ability to move, live, and breathe in the Spirit. The distance and separation from God begins to feel overwhelming. And we begin to lose hope. As we lose hope, we search for God in all the wrong places. I'm going to give you a list of things. And, and I want to get this out of the way because I want to get to the good stuff. I don't, I don't want this to be the last. I don't want to end with the negative. I want to end with the positive. How many times, I've heard this quite a lot from people, where they say, what if? What if I go out there and I get it? What if, what if I, I, I go to the store and somebody's coughed on the very thing I picked up? What if, what if my neighbor has it and I go and try and have a conversation with him? What if? Their lives are filled with the what ifs. We're going to address the what ifs at the end of this today. I'm going to give you a list of what ifs that you're going to be able to hold on to. What other things get in our way? So, uh, in our way from hearing from God, from listening to God, from obeying God. Well, fear. Fear is the biggest. It's the number one out there. Fear peddling. We can listen to the wrong things day in and day out. We can watch the wrong things day in and day out that that testify to fear and fearfulness in our own hearts. We can be listening. I'm sorry, the news hasn't changed from day to day. I, I kind of tune it out for a little while. I come back and the same news is still there. The weather changes once in a while and sometimes they get that right. So, you know, weathermen are the only ones who, who seem to be able to guess a lot and we still keep them in place. But what else gets in our way? Busyness. I am the king of busyness. But I want to take off my throne. I don't want to be the busy Christian anymore. That's where I look really good doing a lot of things. But are those things that I do filthy rags unto the Lord because I'm just trying to keep ahead? Have I not learned to rest into the Lord? Have I not learned to lay back at His feet? That, By the way, that is one of my most favorite songs. That is just an amazing, wonderful song to think about it. Do you think about, um, there was the... Um, a disciple that was most loved, who used to sit at his feet, lay back into him. It, was, it would just be wonderful to be there. Think about this. Complacency. Complacency sometimes will prevent us from hearing from God and doing God's will. Complacency is, I'm all right where I'm at. I'm all right. I don't have to, I don't have to I'm going to just stay right here. I'm not going to move to the left. I'm not going to move to the right. I'm just going to be complacent right where I'm at. Doubt. Is God really talking to me? Is God really having a conversation with me? Here's a little tiny one. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. You know, there's a, there's a passage in the, in the Word, and I don't have it 
listed up here, but uh, I believe it's in Matthew, and it, and it says um, when we bring our, our tithes to the altar, make sure we've got it right with our brothers. Make sure we've, we're not holding unforgiveness. You see, Jesus died on the cross for us to take our sins from us so that God could forgive us for the things we did. And so how, if that great a gift, that great merciful gift that God gave us comes unto us, how can we not be merciful to others? Unforgiveness, we hold on to it. Okay, we, nobody in this room has ever experienced spiritual jealousy. You know, pastor, he's got all these gifts. How can I have a life with Christ if he can, he's got everything. And we let it fester. We let it grow inside of us that way. And then we get to depart from the word. Well, you know, I know the word says that, but. There's a lot of buts that can get in the way in that statement alone. It creates doubt. It creates, it creates a distance that God didn't create in you. You start creating the distance yourself. You start to not trust the Word. You know, my second cousin, three times removed, they didn't get healed when they got prayed for. I don't know if this Word is real. I'm going to let you in on another secret. There's a few of us in the room here, I'm sure a lot of us in the room here, that when we pray, we know. We know that God is going to do something right before us. We know that God is going to heal somebody right before us. We know that God is going to move on our behalf. And I've got some awesome scripture to back this up later on. So just, just wait for that one in there. Everyday trials of life get in the way. And along the way, it feels like God has left us when it's we who have wandered off the path. Continuing on in Psalm 77. Actually, we don't have to continue on. (laughs) Um, We already did the Psalm 77. (laughs) Is God angry with me? Is God upset with me? We have the most amazing, merciful, wonderful God who before the foundation of the world bore His own arm and has satisfied His wrath. How can we not? How can we think that this God is angry with what I've done when He put Jesus on the cross for me. It didn't matter what I did. It didn't matter. Now, now there's a whole conversation about after we come into the faith and who we are to be. And we're going to get into that too. But I want you to consider when all of these trials and tribulations come into your life, all of these things that, that, that start acting like those waves and you, you, you start seeing it wave after wave after wave. How many of you looked on a YouTube video of those ships uh, going through those big waves out there on the ocean? It, it's, it's amazing to watch the power that's coming at them. And, and I studied the ship captains one day. I studied them real close and I, I looked at what each one did and, and there were... There were, I would put them all in different categories. There was the newbie who, who better be watching the one captain and he might as well be the second, second guy in command because you don't want him on the ship or on the, on the keel when that happens. You've got some guys who think they've got a little confidence about them, but they haven't tackled the big wave yet. And then you've got the guys who are seasoned who are seasoned with what their ability is to be a captain on a ship. And so when the, when the new guy comes along and he sees it, his first instinct is, I'm going to run. 
I'm going to outrun. I'm going to get away from that wave. And he turns the ship. And the ship gets pummeled by the wave and it gets tossed to and fro. And some of those ships turn, turn over because of it. You take the guy who's a little bit seasoned, but, but he's not standing firm, and the same thing can happen. His ship's going to get buffeted. But you take the ship captain who's seasoned. He's trained. He's gone through the drills in his mind. He knows exactly what he's going to do when the trial comes. He knows exactly how to face this danger face on, and he knows how to overcome all things that come in his way. He, what does he do? The minute he sees the wave, he points the ship at the trial and the tribulation. He points it straight on, and as he goes through, he goes through the trial and gets to the other side. That's a seasoned captain. That's a person standing firm. Tonight, we're going to teach you, I'm going to teach you how to be firm in the Word. So we're going to start here with John 16... 33. See, Jesus didn't say we wouldn't go through tribulations. He didn't say we wouldn't go through trials. Oh, would it be that we don't have to go through a trial? And there's a whole bunch of word on suffering for Jesus. I'm sure some people wouldn't want to even read. But I glorify it. If, if, if I preach the word... And it causes somebody to get angry with me. But on the flip side, it changes his heart and he comes to Christ. Then I'll take that indignation. I'll take that argument. I'll take it all away. John sixteen thirty three. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The other thing uh, I've got on here is 2 Timothy 1.7. As I moved my page. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But share with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Jesus was given to us before time began. To believe, to hope on, to worship, to praise, to call him king. That's who we serve. You see, the confident captain of the ship knows that if he runs headlong into the direction of the trouble, he will get through the tribulation of the wave. When he puts his hand to the rudder, a greater hand rests on his, and he remembers what he trained for. And so tonight, when I said we're going to remember, we're going to start with to remember the still small voice of God. You see, all the busyness, all the fear, all the doubt, all of these things that we talked about before, these were intended to do one thing, to knock you off the path that God has put you on, to take you away from hearing from God. I, I, remember, I remember once I was praying, God, I'm just not hearing from you. And, and, and I, I, this is the truth. I prayed, God, I'm not hearing from you. And, and then I, I felt in my spirit I had to go give somebody a word. So I walked over and came, gave him the word. And I came back and I said, God, I'm just not hearing from you. Oh, wait a minute. You just spoke to me. In the middle of my trial, in the middle of my turmoil, in the middle of my thought. We're going to go to 1 Kings 19, 11 and, uh, through 13 right now. And this is the story of Elijah. And I want you to think about it. Um, King, 1 Kings 18 is the very passage that is probably more well-known than anybody else where, where he, he built a fire pit, 
doused it with water. That wasn't enough, so he doused it with more water. And then he said, okay, I'm going to stand back. And God lit it on fire. This happened right before Elijah. But you see, at that point, then in 19, Jezebel sent somebody over to Elijah. And he said, so, so let the gods do unto me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Elijah allowed fear into his heart and he ran and hid. He went to hide. That's what fear, that's what doubt, that's what, that's what that feeling that you get like, I'm not, I'm not in your presence, God. I'm not with you, God. That's all intended for us to go run and hide. That's where Satan wants us. He doesn't want us out in the front. He doesn't want us in the front line. The best thing he can do to us is to keep us from the allotted path that God has for us to go bring the word forth to others out in the world who need it right now. There are some really tough stories out there right now, but there are some great stories. We're hearing right now that they did some sort of survey. 39% of the student-level, college-level kids are now seeking the Father. Because they've been home-trapped, they started seeking faith. Now, we don't know how many of those will stick. But think about it. These people wouldn't be talking about faith right now, but they're now seeking the Father and what do we do when fear comes, when something that we run and we hide instead of standing firm on the word of God? So in First Kings 19, starting at 11, he says, then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind and earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake of fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in the mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And, and Elijah, after this, went on to anoint Elisha. And then they went on to do other things until the anointing was, was handed over to Elisha that day. But what are you doing here? What are we doing hiding in the cave? What are we doing running in fear? What are we doing holding on to those things that are going to keep us from the love and kindness and wonderful wonderful work that God has for us to do, what are we going to do keeping ourselves standing in fear? I want you to think that even, even in the beginning, Adam and Eve, when, when sin entered in, they hid. And God said, where are you? It's not like God didn't know where they were. He was just trying to get that conversation going with Adam. But even in the midst of their folly, what did God do? This is Genesis 3. We're, we're not putting it up. But in Genesis 3, he, he gave them covering. He gave them tunics to cover their nakedness. Noah was given an ark. Eight people survived the flood. Abraham, all of them. We could keep going over and over and over those that heard the still small voice of God over time. Every prophet, every person heard that voice. I want you to think now, go back to the day, your day. There was a day when I was in darkness. I've, I've mentioned it before on this stage. It was the abyss. And I could see it. I could see the abyss. I could see the swirling mass beside me. But yet there was this thin thread that held me. There was something in my foundation that had a connection to God. When I was two years old, mom let me go with the neighbor to the church. Every Sunday she let me go with the neighbor to the church. There was a foundation built in me. 
But when I got older, I ran away. I ran away. But I always knew that there was this thin thread. I tried out other religions. I tried out other things. But when the day came that God called me back, it was the day that I was ready to finish my run. I had run as far as I could on my own accord. And I couldn't do it on my own. And, and, and a bunch of you have heard me say this. I said to the Lord, I can't do this on my own. And He saved me. And he said, welcome home. He sent Al. Of all people, He sent Al. <laughs> and it was a glorious time in our lives. He's become one of my best, best friends. And... I am grateful. I don't glorify Al. I want, I want you to understand this. I, I really want you to understand this. I don't glorify Al. I love him as a brother. I love him as, as a mentor when I needed a mentor. I love him as an accountability partner when I need to talk to somebody or he needs to talk to somebody. We're there for each other. But I love that God used him to get my attention and delivered me from my pit, my cave that I had been running to, my cave where I had been hiding. So think about your cave. Think about that time where you were in your darkness and you heard a still, small voice call unto you and said, Come out. Come out into the light. Maybe it took a few times. Maybe it took a a few trials. John 6, 44 and 45. We're going to start at 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up in the last days. You heard a still small voice. If you have Jesus in your heart, if you've allowed God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, there was a day when a still small voice started pulling on you and the Word, you wanted to know more about this Word. You wanted to know more about this Jesus. Maybe you were one of those people who's, well, I'm never going to believe, but I need to learn about this Jesus, so I'm going to walk into the church and then you end up giving your life to Christ. There's many stories like that. See, our normal, which was worldly living, life living, just living out our own destiny under our own emotions, that was our normal. But when God started calling, that normal didn't feel right. It didn't testify to us anymore. 45, it is written in the apostles, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. If you're here today, it's because God spoke to you. This next section, I've got so much time, so I'm going to go through this as fast as I can. Um, But each, each section has to have its own justice. Have we forgotten our place in this world? Remember who you are. So we remembered the still small voice that talked to us, that called us out of darkness. Jesus saved us. Jesus died on the cross for us. Jesus now sits at the right hand of God, waiting for the day to come back. Waiting for the day that He says, come back and finish this work. And between then and now, There is going to be a day when the Spirit of God is no longer poured out on this earth. But until that day, we've got work to do. We've got to put our hands to the plow. The harvest is ripe today. And yes, if you're sitting in this room today, yes, you have been called to the kingdom. You have been called to do the work of the Lord. Well, I don't know how. It doesn't matter. God can give you the strength and the wisdom to do that. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. Remembering who you are. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's who you are. That's what you can stand on. And there's a term that says you can take it to the bank. That is what you can do. 
Don't forget that. When fear tries to overtake you, when all of this tries to overtake you, don't forget who you are in Christ. Ephesians 2, starting at 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which we, He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. And raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in ages to come, seven, ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Salvation is not anything that anybody in this room had to work for, had to earn, but you listen to a still small voice drawing you out of the darkness. You come to the altar. You come and see that Jesus was hanging on that tree for you. Uh, that that he, His blood was shed for you. And in all of that, you accept that not only He did this, but that your sins are nailed to that cross. Which means you lift them off of you. And you put them on the cross. No more to go back and say, well, look at the things I've done in my past. Jesus took them. Yeah, but you don't know. Yeah, there's nothing under the sun that wasn't in the Old Testament, wasn't in the New Testament. Nothing under the sun that God hadn't seen, hadn't revealed. And so in your case, no, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you did that should separate you from God. If you're willing to come to the altar and say, God... I give my sins over to Jesus Christ. I believe that He took them and that after this, I am a new creation in Jesus Christ. That's the God we serve. For by grace, you have been saved through faith, not of yourself. The gift, a wonderful and mighty gift of God. Romans 12 and 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that, uh, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, you were called out of the world. Okay, so everybody, repeat after me. I was called out of the world. Okay, so. You've all declared it. So, when fear comes, doubt comes, and all that, you're not going to run back into it. You were called out. You were to be a chosen generation. You were to be a people that were peculiar. Because, look, those guys are happy, and we're living in this whole world of turmoil. The joy of the Lord is my strength. He's my salvation. That's what I'm going to stand on. Remember when the Word came alive to you. 2 Timothy 3. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I want you to think about that. So here the word is given to us. We, we have God's instruction manual. We have it at our fingertips. And, and so when fear tries to overtake us, when doubt tries to overtake us, run to the instruction manual and speak against that which is trying to come against you. Because that's not our truth. Our truth says we don't have the spirit of fear. So if fear's trying to, fear's trying to come over us, then why aren't we going back to the instruction manual saying, okay, this is how you approach it. The Lord did not give me the spirit of fear. Fear, you've got to go. I'm going to stand on faith. 
I'm going to stand on belief. I'm going to stand on the Word. Remember when God fought your battles. Um, I'm not going to go into the Chronicle one, but we're just going to say in, in 2 Chronicles 20, he talks about fighting the battle. And, and in 2017, he's talking about the fact that they were told to stand. Don't do any work. All I need you to do is stand, and I'll take care of the rest. So when you get a chance, go to, go to 2 Chronicles and read that chapter Second uh, Chronicles 20, and just read that whole story. But at 15, God fights our battles, and at, at 17, he says, okay, all you got to do is stand around here, and as you stand, I'll do the rest. I'll take care of the rest. And God did. He won that battle. Think about the times that God has healed you. Think about the times that God has delivered you. He took something away that you didn't want to need to hold on to anymore. He gave you something you needed. If you do not have the fullest of relationships in the Father, it's time to let go of the shackles and chains of the past. It's time to hold on to the truth of God. It's time to hold on to His blessing. It's time to hold on to His power. It's time to hold on to the coattails. Grab a hold of the hem of His garment and don't let go. There was power that went out of Him into the woman who all she had to do was press through till she could just grab a hold of it. She knew beyond a shadow of a doubt if I just get there. Well, guess what? When we have the Holy Spirit, and I'm getting to that one next, when we have the Holy Spirit, we are holding on to the coattails. The Holy Spirit. Remember when the Spirit came to you. That's, that's uh, one of my next ones in here. When the Spirit of God came to you. When the Spirit of God came into you to dwell in you, God came to dwell in you. He was sent as a helper. In some places they call him the advocate. That means the Holy Spirit goes with you to fight your battles, give you wisdom, give you knowledge. Make utterances unto the Lord when you don't know what to pray. The Holy Spirit and the relationship that we have to give honor to the Holy Spirit is there is a wonderful, marvelous relationship that we have. Do you think of the day of Pentecost when the Spirit was poured out on all the earth? And now that Spirit of God can live, dwell, and breathe in us. I live and breathe and have my being in Jesus Christ because the Spirit of God lives within me. Well, if you don't have, if you don't think you have the Spirit today, I want you to plead and ask God to give you the Spirit. That Spirit is available to you. Well, I don't, I don't know much about that Spirit-filled life. That's the only life there is. That's the only life. That gives us a connection to God that, that it bridges the gap between us and, and heaven and all of that. We, we have such power. We have such might. It gives us the ability to pray and watch the dead rise. We can pray and watch the sick be healed. We can pray and watch people's lives change right before us. When we have the Spirit of God at our side. John 14 25 through 27. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. May peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Remember to stand firm in your faith. Habakkuk 2, 1 and 2. I will stand my watch. I will set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. We get to read the visions. We get to, to see the word. We get to say, hey, look at this. And, and when we read this word, we don't say, well, I hope this is going to work. No, we walk up with power. The Lord didn't give me the spirit of fear. 
I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I shall fear no evil. I know that God is my covering and my hiding place. So I shall run into the strong tower and I know that God has me protected. I know my life is in his hands when I've given myself over. First Peter five and nine. Resist, but resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same experience of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. We can sometimes get to the point where we say we can't do this. The Bible says that if one man can follow the word of God, it makes everybody else a liar. I know beyond a shadow of doubt, I'm convinced and believe that Jesus Christ did die on the cross for my sins. I want to I come into the ending of this and, and um, just bear with me just a little longer here. Because we're going to deal with the what-ifs at the very end. Remember to pray. Daniel 9, 20-23. You see, when we pray, we're giving God permission to work in our life. When we pray, we surrender our life over to the will of the Father. And we say, God, your will be done. Jesus taught them to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But in Daniel 9, 20 and 23, I want you to see something when you pray. I want, I want you to see the power of God and what He does when you start to pray. So 20, now while I was speaking, praying, confessing my sins and the sin of my people, Israel, and presenting my supplications before the Lord, my God, for the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in a vision at the beginning, began uh, being caused to fly swiftly, reaching me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked to me and said, O oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplication, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. We have a testimony. The men's meeting, last men's meeting. We began to pray for Andy. Before we finished the prayer, the good news had already started coming our way. God had already started even just before we started our supplication. When Daniel made his prayer, the angels were dispatched. When you walk in the faith of the Lord, when you walk in the hope of the Lord, when you walk in the power of the Lord, when you believe that Jesus did this for you, and we go from belief hoping to belief knowing, then we know when we pray, God moves mountains on our behalf. God brings the valleys up so that the way is straight for our behalf. Coming into the very ending... I think this is my third. Um, Psalm 77, 10 and 12. And I said, this is my anguish. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on your work and talk of your deeds. Don't forget to glorify God in all things. Give God the glory and give God the praise. And I said I wanted to end on the what ifs. So there is a statement out there. What if I go outside and I get COVID? What if I go outside, I meet up with the neighbor? This is going to happen. What if I go outside and I get in a car wreck? What if I go outside, fear, doubt, lack of understanding? You can have a what if of fear. Or you can have a what if of faith. So I'm going to give you some faith to stand on. What if I speak God's word as truth? What if I live in faith and not fear? What if I speak God's word over my family and my, my, my friends, my relatives? What if? What if I practice what the word says? 
What if I believe unto the Lord? What if I accept Jesus today as my Savior? What if I pray? What if I listen to the Father when He speaks to me? What if I give God the glory? And what if I open the door today and let Jesus in? He stands at the door and knocks. Give Him the glory. Give Him the praise. I want you to remember the still small voice that came to you in the beginning, called you out of darkness, stood you on solid ground, built a foundation of faith in you. Satan wants to take that all the way. He wants to drive you back into the world, but you're not in the world, you're not of the world. I don't care how young or old you are. If you believe in Jesus, if you serve Jesus, With the Spirit of God, we can obey God and all of His commands. With the Spirit of God, we can ask and He graciously gives us information and wisdom as we need it. With the Spirit of God at our side, when we don't know what to pray, He can pray for us. I want you today, if you don't know Jesus, I want you to give your life over to Him today. I want you to, to, to truly search your heart and hear that the Word is calling you out of your darkness. And if you've already gone to that step, but, but you don't feel like you've got the Spirit of God, I want you to come up. If you're here in the audience, I want you to come up and, and talk to a few of the people who are, who are up here and talk to them about how do I get this Holy Spirit? How do I get to have a third of the Godhead part of my life? Don't be afraid. It's the greatest gift God has ever given. Jesus on the cross and then pouring out His Spirit on the world. I'm going to pray a traditional prayer today to give God glory. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Y'all are dismissed. If you want want the Spirit and you don't feel like you have it, I want you to come up here and and talk to some folks up here and... We can help you with that. In Jesus' name.